Welcome to Locked On NFL, your daily podcast on the National Football League on the number one daily sports podcast network. I am Ryan Peacock alongside Matt Williamson. You can find me on Twitter at Peacock. Matt is at Williamson NFL. This podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. And Matt, there is one major part that the Seattle Seahawks no longer need. I think that is a conversation we have to have about the big trade this weekend. I was actually skeptical that a Jamal Adams trade would happen, but it did. And wow, what a blockbuster deal this was between the Seattle Seahawks and the New York Jets. Yeah, I mean, it's very intriguing. And we we heard the comments Adams was saying before he left and Clearly, he hasn't been happy there for a while. And you and I have talked about this situation quite a bit, but I think it's very interesting on a lot of levels. And where do you want to start? You just want to talk overview? I mean, I really would like to break down what both teams is getting, their way of thinking on this thing, um, the logic behind it. Because I think that in the end, the, the final sentence has to be, these are just two drastically different organizations. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there is part of it to it that it's 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 good for both sides, and I can see the yeah. argument for either team doing it either way, but let's start with breaking down what the actual nuts and bolts of the trade was. Jamal Adams, along with a fourth-round pick, goes from the New York Jets to the Seattle Seahawks, uh, that fourth-rounder in 2022, by the way, in exchange for veteran strong safety Bradley McDougal, a first-round pick in 2021, a third-round pick in 2021, and another first-round pick in 2022. So two firsts and a third with Bradley, Bradley McDougald goes to New York, Jamal Adams, and a fourth in 2022 to the Seattle Seahawks. That is a massive price for even the best safety in the league. If you consider him the best strong safety in the league, for any safety, that is a huge price. It's a huge price. I mean, not only are... You know, you're getting it's it's more than even just two first round picks for Adams, which we've seen basically is the going rate for Khalil Mack, Tunsil, Ramsey. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen these type of trades over the last couple of years where star young player in his prime that you're going to have to pay for two firsts. I mean, oh, by the way, you know, the, the Jets also get a pretty good safety in Bradley McDougal. He only has one more year on his contract from what I understand but it's a cheap deal. He's a quality player. And yes, they're much worse at safety now, but they still have three pretty good safeties with May, him and Ashton Davis, who they just drafted and they bump up around. I mean, it's a year difference, but a fourth for a third again, too. So in reality, they got more than two first round picks for Adams. Yeah. Now that that plan is in place, you get a veteran in McDougal. So you still have your starting unit impact mm-hmm. on defense for the Jets, but then the plan will be Ashton Davis comes in and, and becomes a starter with May long-term. I think May can kick down, play some strong safety, play some free safety. I like the range from Ashton Davis, who I would assume would uh, end up being the free safety long-term so. there. But uh, you have a pretty good player in McDougal, but it's all about those picks. You know, first for two years in a row and a third rounder. And here's the thing, you mentioned those other trades. Those are marquee positions, right? 
Defensive end, pass rusher. He was the best pass rusher in the game when Khalil Mack was traded. The best cornerback in the game. A young cornerback who was about the same age as Jamal Adams now getting traded in Jalen Ramsey. A premium position. Left tackle Laramie Tunsil, another premium position. Safety is not on par with that position-wise, which is why this surprises me a little bit that the price got there with the two firsts. I'm not surprised Joe Douglas asked it, but I'm kind of surprised he got it. Yeah, me too. And it's a little more than two firsts. So, yeah, I, I am sure. I mean, that's the a, a big looming question, too. Is a safety, whether it's Ed Reed, Troy Polamalu, Ronnie Lott, you know, uh, Sean Taylor, I mean, name whoever is in history, are they worth this? You know, and uh, obviously Seattle thinks it is. And I I think that I'd like to unpeel the Jets first because that's a shorter conversation. Um, And here's my thoughts on New York is, first of all, their defense last year, we've talked about what Jamal Adams is. He's a near the line of scrimmage player. He's more than a blitzer. He's a pass rusher. There's a distinction there. He lines up at defensive end. He plays a lot of snaps on the second level. He's in the box a great deal and excels at it. He can also, it doesn't mean he can't cover. But Marcus May, who we talked about, remember Greg Williams with, with the Browns when he had Jabril Peppers? He'd play him yes. like in the second row. I mean, like in that deep, deep middle. Well, that was May last year. And you mentioned earlier. I think that's selling May a little short in that now May can be a better player, be a big, strong, safety-ish type guy, not to Adams level. And then Davis will be that deep middle guy. So it it helps May. You have a guy in in McDougal to also hold down the fort. So all that makes sense to me. Of course, you're worse there. I get that. But the key for me with the Jets, obviously, I mean, you don't need me to tell you guys this, are the draft picks. But... Joe Douglas, I I get the impression he's the biggest dog now in the building. He's the new GM. And Joe Douglas comes, his background is Eagles and Ravens. And folks, those are two of the very pinnacle analytically in the league. So I'm sure the analytics say don't invest in a safety. I know those two organizations, especially the Eagles and Douglas's first off this past off season, has shown he wants to invest in big people. So I think he gets all these draft picks and says, I'm going to draft a Pro Bowl center. I'm going to draft a defensive end. I mean, like, I bet there's a lot of big people coming out of the draft in the Jets' future. And I'm sure Sam Darnold's not going to cry about it. I love this from Joe Douglas. I'm all in. I mean, I was already all in on Joe Douglas. It was a really odd situation when he was brought in last summer. People forget there was a brand new coach hired before they hired a new GM, which is completely odd. So, you know, Le'Veon Bell wasn't Joe Douglas's signing. Adam Gase wasn't Joe Douglas's hire. So this is a blank slate for me. This team could be, I mean, this potentially is the number one pick in the draft type of a team right now. Uh, You know, because the Jets aren't built to win right now. So what Joe Douglas is able to do with these picks going forward after the draft that the Jets just had in 2020 that he was in charge of, that I love. He has the opportunity to hire his own coach, go forward with either Sam Darnold. Um, Chips are stacked against Sam Darnold a little bit right now um, with the way this team could go. If you want to get into that really quick, just because, man, I love Denzel Mims. I think that was a steal of a pick in the second round. Good on them for that. They've got Brashad Perryman in there. We'll see if those are the starters this year, if Mims is ready to go uh, as a rookie. Josh Doxson's there. Uh, not a lot else in the cupboard there as far as pass catchers go. 
Joe Douglas obviously wanted to bring in a bunch of offensive linemen this offseason, signed, I think, five different offensive linemen, then spent his first draft pick on Mekhi Becton to be the future at left tackle there. So we'll see if, if that comes together with the offensive line and maybe helps give Sam Darnold a little bit of time there. But all in all, I mean, it's stacked against Darnold because I still don't think the line as far as on paper and name value with the rookie left tackle is still going to be great for him. And the pass catchers are probably worse than they were last year. Even if, you know, Becton and Mims develop, it won't be probably 2020 where they're playing at a super high level. You have Le'Veon Bell there, who's going to probably beat his head into the wall. Most of the season, uh, they brought in Frank Gore. So uh, it's just not an offense that I see scoring a lot and, a work in progress on the defensive side of the ball now got a lot worse losing their best player. So this is a team that's not going to win a lot of football games. But that said, maybe that's what they need. Take their medicine now. You arm a really smart GM who I fully believe in, who had just a great draft in 2020 with multiple picks the next two years, and you rebuild this whole thing. They're they're scrapping it right now in New York. And if you're a Jets fan, it hurts to lose Jamal Adams. I get it. There's a lot of number 33s in the stands. But this is what they needed long-term, I think. I, I do too. And, and I agree with almost everything you said there. It, I mean, Bell, so what? He's going to be gone a year probably no matter what, if they win 10 games, two games, whatever. Um, but it worries me about Darnold in that you're pretty far along in his career. If this is another 3-13, and 4-12 and 12 year, mm-hmm. you know, he throws 22 inter- or 22, 25 pit, uh, TDs and 15 interceptions, and it's a middling developmental year. You know, the league passes you by pretty quick in those instances. But it's funny you brought that up, too, because I also it dawned on me when you were thinking, like, I'm a Darnold believer. So I've been just assuming that Douglas is. Well, if he isn't and they win four games, well, maybe that's Trevor Lawrence and they trade Darnold to the Steelers. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it doesn't mean you have to be stuck with or, or with him forever. And I can see why people wouldn't love Darnold. He does put the ball in harm's way. I'm a fan. Um, and then the last thing, it's funny because even I was thinking about this Friday. I was just thinking about what are some things we should talk about this upcoming week? And I was going to bring up what coach BP would you put a buck down to get fired first? And I was going to say Adam Gase before this trade. <laughs> right. I think there's a good chance. I mean, there's not a lot of good stuff coming out of current or past players about Adam Gase. Um, and his no. track record's not great. I was surprised how quickly he got snatched up and was given this opportunity to be the head coach in New York. The debacle of a press conference when he was announced obviously was was really big. But yeah, this is uh, th- this is a team that probably has to be now looked upon as... And look, they didn't win a ton of games even with Jamal Adams. How much difference is a safety going to make anyway? I don't think people expect him to right. win a lot of games anyway. Even fewer... Now, with the heart and soul player gone from their defensive unit, um, they have to be thought of as a team that's going to lose a bunch of games this year. Maybe the worst team in the league on paper. That doesn't bode well for a coach in his second year, getting worse even than they were the year before, if that's the case. Because they did win a few games when Sam Darnold was in there last year. Yeah, and Gase isn't passing the optics of it all. It's not like the fan base would have an uproar if he was let go. No, not at all. And I wonder, (laughs) I mean, does Douglas want to pick his coach and his quarterback or his coach and or his quarterback or his coach or his quarterback. Like he has the option to yep. really build this thing however he wants with or without Gase or Darnold. Okay. We've got to get into the Seahawks side of this yeah. thing. And there's actually statements from Jamal Adams from Joe Douglas 
and from an interesting one, actually, a one-liner from Pete Carroll, too, that we'll get to Seattle Seahawks side of this Jamal Adams trade coming up. The Seahawks swapped out some parts to improve their performance. You could, too, and you could spend a whole lot less than the GM of the Seattle Seahawks did at rockauto.com. I cannot recommend strongly enough rockauto.com. It's the first thing you should think of when you think of auto parts and taking care of your vehicle. An amazing selection, easy-to-navigate website, reliably low prices. You don't need to look any further than rockauto.com. Whatever you need, brake parts, engine parts, you need a tailgate like our colleague Ross Jackson of Locked On Saints. His tailgate off his truck was stolen. He went to rockauto.com, found a replacement, repaired his tailgate for his pickup truck. Classic cars, your daily driver, everything you need for your car or truck at rockauto.com. They're a family-owned business, been around for 20 years, helping you find parts online at rockauto.com. No different price structures for mechanics or do-it-yourselfers. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Okay, really quick, just to stick with the, uh, the New York side of things here. Here was the statement from General Manager Joe Douglas of the Jets. He said, this trade provides us with a unique opportunity to improve our team with multiple first-round picks in each of the next two years and the flexibility to continue to build this team for the future. Adding Bragley McDougald's consistency and production to this year's team was an important piece that gives us more experience on defense. While we had maintained our interest in Jamal Adams having a long and successful career with the Jets, we know it's important to be prepared and willing to adjust to new offers and circumstances. As I've always said, my job is to listen to calls, and this offer was one that we could not ignore. So, I mean, I give Joe Douglas... huge grade here he did extremely well with what he had with jamal adams demanding a trade i would have taken this trade even if jamal adams wasn't asking to get out of town like that's how good of an offer this was so a plus to me for joe douglas in this situation he got as much as i think you could have expected yeah absolutely and seattle paid out the nose so let's talk hawks all right hold on one second i do have a quote here that came out today this was from at Prez on Twitter, which is Jamal Adams, Jamal Adams' handle on Twitter, he said, to New York and especially the Jets fans, I love you and always will love you. You all will hold a special place in my heart forever. When I came into the league, you embraced me and watched me grow. We went through it all together. Thank you for the love and support these three years. Prez out. So he, he tried to make things good with the Jets fans. I'm sure they're still not too happy <laughs> about it sure. all. And he acts like he was there for 12 years. He's only there for three years. He's not even 25 years old yet. But right. that was what Jamal Adams' message was to Jets fans. And, and uh, Jets fans are probably not super happy just losing a, a great player that, that wanted out. That's not a great situation. By the way, Sam Darnold, younger than Jamal Adams. Darnold's still only 23 years old. We were yeah, talking about amazing. that development there. So this could go a lot of directions. Darnold could prove, like, who cares? It's the, it's stacked against me. Let's go. He could prove he's the guy long-term. Maybe he could get you something in trade if you end up with the first pick and they want to draft someone like Trevor Lawrence. There's a lot of ways that can go. Uh, the Jets, I think, are going to be okay, whether it's Darnold, somebody else going forward with all those picks, and most importantly, Joe Douglas. So let's talk yeah. Seahawks. And they may be giving Darnold many, many millions down the road. That would have went yeah. to Adams. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? So Seattle... Back to these organizations couldn't be any more different. First of all, one has been remarkably bad, really, over the last 
you know, 10 years or so, one has been remarkably good. I mean, Seattle's right in that conversation as best team of this generation behind the Patriots. You know, they've been really, really good. Pete Carroll has a strong chance at the Hall of Fame, in my opinion. But I also think they're the least analytically driven team in the league. I mean, they have the best quarterback or second best quarterback in the league, and they run the ball like crazy. You know, like they do old school stuff in Seattle, and it works for Carroll. That makes him unique. I Part of me thinks, wow, he's a great coach. Part of me thinks maybe they're winning despite their tactics, you know, because they have Wilson, whatever. But these two teams couldn't be in different places the way they view their roster, what they're trying to do this year. So I kind of get it. So I think a lot of people will look at this trade and say, they got their new Cam Chancellor. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. That's great. But this defense isn't as strict of a cover three as it used to be. I mean, you see a lot more too high safety looks. And yes, Adams will certainly be be used in the middle of the field. I'm sure very similar to how he was with the Jets or you're nuts to trade for him because that's what he does well. Yeah. So, you know, here's a couple things just of note is, first of all, no one values their first round pick quite like Seattle does. They either trade it for Percy Harvin or Jimmy Graham or whomever, or they use it on somebody that Mel Todd, the rest of us would have never taken with that pick, like Rashad Penny or what's his fate, Collier from TCU, you know, like, or even this year, I mean, uh, on on the linebacker. I mean, they they always do something in the first round, whether it's trade or draft, Jordan Brooks, that is not, it's to say they zag when everybody zigs. I mean, I think that's clear. But back to Jordan Brooks, I don't know that we've talked about this, but Seattle used three linebackers on the field 69% of the time. Folks, when you go to nickel, a linebacker comes off. When you go to dime, two linebackers come off. You know what I mean? So they had 69% of their snaps with three true linebackers on the field. The second defense in the league were the Cardinals at 38%. So it's like almost double. I mean, and that's probably why they wanted Brooks. And again, that is very 1980s. <laughs> I mean, that's not what people do, but they have good linebackers, Wagner and those dudes, and they draft another. And are they just looking at Adams as more middle of the field help? Do we just want more guys roaming the middle of the field that are between 210 and 240 pounds that can run and are good at football? And we're going to kind of make it positionless. Uh, I guess. I mean, that's what makes that imply to me when you add Brooks and Adams back to back with your only resources. And that's fine. I mean, it's what they do and that's fine. It's just unlike anyone else in the league. Pete Carroll is the oldest coach in the NFL is a year older than Bill Belichick, 69 years old. So a soon to be 70 year old head coach is probably like, yeah, you know what? I've got a good quarterback. Let's go win something while I'm Mm -hmm. still here, while I'm still around coaching this team. Uh, And his text to Michael Silver, according to Silver's Twitter account was quote, you're either competing or you're not that text from Pete Carroll to Michael Silver. So competing for a championship, that's the message that this sends And uh, I don't know how they're going to be able to pay Jamal Adams, but they're going all in. He's a player that obviously is a scheme fit. 
He's a player that's uniquely capable of, say, covering someone in the division like George Kittle twice a year and also chasing around somebody in the division like Kyler Murray twice a year. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, so a a versatile piece there that they can use a lot of different ways. And by the way, Clowney's still unsigned. Jamal Adams is probably their best pass rusher right now. He had six and a half sacks last year. According to Pro Football Focus, his pass rush win rate was on par with... uh, top 10 pass rushers in the league. Obviously, sample size is small because he didn't pass rush full-time or anything like that, but he had a pass rush win rate similar to someone like D. Ford. So, yeah, they they can use him in coverage. He's probably underrated in what he can do in coverage off the line of scrimmage, but really his strength is on the line of scrimmage, reading what's going on, making plays behind the line of scrimmage, getting the quarterback, uh, just being instinctive, chasing down ball carriers. Uh, So a versatile piece and a perfect fit there for Seattle's defense in Jamal Adams. So you can see why they wanted to go get him. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, it's no knock on the player. It's just, you know, different philosophies, vastly different philosophies of how to roster build, where they are in terms of competing, who their quarterbacks are, their recent history of win-loss percentage. Uh, again, who's in the division, like you mentioned, I'm sure, not to quite the, the Lamar degree, but I'm sure the rest of the NFC West is saying, we're going to have to deal with Kyler for the next 12 years. We better figure out some answers now as opposed <laughs> yeah. to waiting till then. And like you said, Kittle's Kittle, even a use check, you know, like uh, positionless offensive players that San Fran uses so well. Yep. We need as many middle of the field guys that can run and cover and stop the run as we can. Positionless football, the lines being blurred between receivers and running backs and tight ends and in turn safeties, linebackers, cover guys, pass rushers. Uh, that's the way the league is going right now, and Jamal Adams is one of the best young players at doing that, I think, in the NFL. Big-time shakeup in the NFC West. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch how that shakes out, and the best division in football, in my opinion, got better. Yeah, right. They just added a star. Some other news to get here, Matt, on this Monday episode of Locked On NFL. There was a trade, a tight end traded from Chicago to Miami. Chiefs right guard Laurent Duvernay-Tardif decided to sit out this season. So uh, Kansas City added another offensive lineman there, Alex Smith, Dalvin Cook, a lot of news to get to coming up. Let's start with this trade, Matt. Adam Shaheen, tight end, former second-round draft pick by the Chicago Bears, got traded to the Miami Dolphins for a sixth-round pick. And judging by the Bears fans, ecstatic that they were able to get a sixth-round pick for Shaheen. Like the, The Bears fans hated Adam Shaheen. What's going on here? I don't know. He's the only guy in the league from my alma mater, believe it or not, and we don't have a football team. I went to Pitt-Johnstown, which is a branch campus of Pitt, and he played hoops there for two years before transferring to whatever tiny school he went to. So I, I claim him as a as a UPJ right, guy. Yeah. How about that? I always kind of liked him coming out, though. I mean, he's a big-body dude. He's a little more suited for 1985 than he is now, and he was a work in progress coming out of – Ashland? I forget what school. A tiny school, I forget, but whatever. But I would take a chance on him. I mean, that's the only reason I wanted to bring him up. I mean, not because of my alma mater, but I would give a six-round pick for a <laughs> developmental tight end on a, from a team that used their tight ends incredibly poorly. I mean, I'd throw him into my camp mix and see what happens for a six-rounder. Yeah, Ashland University. Ashland, yes. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, Bears obviously didn't like what they saw from him as a developmental former basketball well, player into a tight end, end and they you know yeah uh, they had extras at that position so yeah what i, I like it for and, and the, the dolphins have a couple of those guys now it's like well the, some athleticism and some traits let's see what happens 
Yeah, and, and frankly, the Dolphins have capital. They have draft capital, and maybe they didn't think Shaheen was going to make the Bears, so maybe it's a win-win for both. A shakeup on Kansas City's offensive line. Laurent Duvernay-Tardif is sitting out the season. He is uh, He has a doctorate in medicine and has decided to work as an orderly in Canada to help fight COVID-19, and he said in a statement that he, if he was going to expose himself to the virus, he'd rather be fighting it than playing football. So props to the young man following what he felt was the right thing to do in this situation. And it leaves a hole for Kansas City's offensive line coming off a Super Bowl title. And they have signed Kelechi Osemele. I thought a quiet weakness of the Chiefs was their interior line. And I thought he was their best guard or center. A good player. They just gave him money. I think he's entering his prime. So I think that's a loss, you know, that you lost Mitch Morse last year. Tackles are good. They'll be fine on offense. I'm no, no one's, you know, playing the, the smallest violin in the world for them or anything on offense. But I do think it's worrisome. Um, he was, he's a good player. And, and I don't think this is an indication of I'm a doctor. I'm smarter than all the other people in the league. You guys should all sit out because it's dangerous. I think he's just being generous and wanting to help people in Canada, like you said. Um, Osemele at least has a track record. I mean, he was a stud with the Ravens. He made a ton of money on the open market, but he's had injuries. Why is he a free agent? I mean, what red flags out there are keeping him from being a football player? Did he just want more money? Um, did, was it a, a factor of couldn't get him in for physicals? And if it wasn't for COVID, would he have been signed already? I, I just need to know, you know, there's something wrong with him. Right. Yeah. Why well, was someone who was at one point such a top guard in the league, you know, one of the best players at his position out of work, can't find a job. Yeah. So I, I think there might be some medical there and that would make sense. And in, in this off season, even more difficult. And right now they still can't bring in players for a tryout and for a look either. So that's another wrinkle that's making it more difficult for teams to, to bring guys in. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think this is not a small little blurb and don't forget and forget about it. Cause I think that interior of the O-line was not so great to begin with. Dalvin cook. There's been conflicting reports all offseason, really, on whether or not Dalvin Cook is going to show up to training camp. The latest, Cook's agent saying that other reports saying that he will show up to camp are inaccurate, but he didn't say that he won't show up to camp. I don't know what's going on here with Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I just want to bring it up and acknowledge it because I don't know that any of us really know. We've talked about this before. It makes no sense to hold out with this new CBA the Vikings have a very good number two slash handcuff guy in Madison waiting in the wings. I think Cook's going to have a monster year. I, I think it's much ado about nothing. And you just hear these reports back and forth, but I, I at least wanted to acknowledge it. Apparently Cook has told coaches or his running backs coach or Mike Zimmer that he was going to show up to camp. I think his agent wants as much of that negotiating power as he can until camp actually starts. And then Cook is actually going to show up. I think Cook knows he's going to show up, but the agent doesn't want everybody else to know that because then he doesn't have as much bargaining power to try to figure out a deal first. I, I think you just unpeeled the the uh, the onion there. I think that's exactly it. Nice, nicely done. One of the coolest stories is uh, Alex Smith. He's been cleared. Could we potentially see Alex Smith after that gnarly injury? If you guys haven't seen the the E60 documentary on Alex Smith, whew, it's crazy and seeing what he went through. Pretty amazing that he would have the opportunity potentially to come back and resume his NFL career at quarterback. Yeah, and as you know with your Niner history, I mean, easy guy to root for, 
had a pretty yeah. darn good career. I mean, kind of was one of those people that if he wasn't the first overall, if Rogers would have been the first overall pick and Alex Smith would have went 23rd or whatever, we'd all be like, Oh, that's good. He did what he's supposed to do. You yeah. know, <laughs> you know, but, there is that stigma of being the first overall pick. So if you're not a Hall of Famer, you're disappointing. Uh, when I read this, though, I thought, I don't believe it. Like, are, is he really going to play football again? He seemed pretty darn determined from everything I've seen and seeing that documentary. I think for him, it's not as much about, I'm going to go be a great NFL quarterback again. It's just getting there and proving that he can get back and play. Like, if he takes an, if he takes one snap, I think that's right now what the goal is. And it would be a pretty remarkable journey if he's able to do that for him to get in a camp and put pads on again i think would be remarkable mm-hmm. and frankly would scare the heck out of me yeah yeah that's the other part of it is like oh gosh it's scary at the same time but he's been Don't cleared i mean what did, right. what did he have to go through to get cleared that's that that's right a good and question. good for him i mean i'm rooting oh, for him don't get me absolutely. wrong but i immediately thought i don't like the sound of that by the way it took alex smith what five six years to get to where he needed to be to be a really good nfl starting quarterback or not even a really good one, but just, you know, to be ready. He was a true junior coming out of Utah out of an urban Meyer system. And I bring this up because kind of wrap this up full circle with Sam Darnold, Sam Darnold, again, a third year player was so young coming into the league. Darnold still is only 23 years old. Darnold is younger than Joe Burrow. So the development curve is rough and it's been a rough go for Sam Darnold. So even if Sam Darnold doesn't have a great year coming up this year, he could look to Alex Smith and be like, yeah, okay. Um, You could still have a really good NFL career, be a starting NFL quarterback. When you're that young, you come into the league at 20 years old. It's not that easy to jump in and become a starter, especially if you're in a bad situation like Darnold has been. Yeah. And I hope it doesn't come to this and I hope they don't go two and 14 and Douglas drafts Lawrence and Darnold's considered a bust, but I kind of slipped it in there. I said it on my Steeler show. Hey, if something like that happens, if I was the Patriots, I'm sorry, not anymore the Patriots, the Bucks or the Steelers or one of these old time don't have someone waiting in the wing type of teams, boy, his yep. next stint could be really good. Yeah, absolutely. A smart team will will try yeah. to, uh, you know, and I'm sure a lot of teams had some high grades on him coming out. So there'll be there'll be a market for Darnold no matter what next offseason. But uh, it might still be with the Jets. Who knows? We'll see. It's, it's yeah. going to be a fun one there to watch. I mean, from that draft class, I'd rather have Darnold to Mayfield the one ahead of him. Yeah. And Rosen. And yeah. Allen. And, I know nobody, most people won't agree with me, but I'd yeah, rather yeah, have yeah. Allen too. Hey, if you put Allen in, or if you put Darnold in Buffalo. I don't think he would be doing any worse than Josh Allen. At, at least I he wouldn't be doing be worse and he might be doing a lot better. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think the team would be better. All right, we're out of time here, Matt. Good stuff. Fun episode. A lot to talk about today and continuing on this week. Tomorrow, we have the host of Locked on Seahawks, Corbin Smith, who also writes for Sports Illustrated. He had some sources about this trade that we had talked about on uh, the 49ers program and we did a crossover a couple of weeks ago. He had a feeling this was going to happen, and it was the the NFC West teams, the Niners and the Seahawks, that were interested in Jamal Adams, and it turns out he was correct, and his sources were correct, and Jamal Adams ended up in Seattle, so we'll talk with Corbin about what that will look like and his thoughts on that blockbuster trade tomorrow right here, Locked on NFL.